my pleasure to introduce Matt Squire, who I've known for a number of years through ACAMS and is a fellow financial crime prevention professional. So Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you work, and in what jurisdiction you're based? Yeah, fantastic. So um, I'm a practice leader at the AML shop. It's our anti-money laundry consultancy, and uh, I'm based in Canada. So tell us a little bit about what the AML shop actually does. Sure. Uh, most simply, uh, we help build financial crime management programs and evaluate financial crime management programs. One of the things we do a lot of lately is um, business process or outsourcing. So uh, we help fintechs and credit unions and other small to mid-sized companies uh, conduct monitoring of their transactions and watch lists for them. Interesting. So tell me just briefly, a lot of people in different jurisdictions may not know how much change Canada has been undergoing in relation to its financial crime legislation. Can you just give a quick elevator pitch style description? It's the perfect environment to be a consultant. It's seen changing regularly, um, sometimes without notice, sometimes without guidance, sometimes with very late guidance. And, and we're, we're now in the middle of a, of a consultation that's wrapping up that um, will change a lot of the face of our, our anti-money laundering legislation. We're preparing, of course, uh, next year Canada goes through its next round of FATF evaluation. So it's a lot of flossing before we see the dentist. You said it was an excellent time to be a consultant. Being a consultant myself, uh, I feel a little hindered at the moment. What kind of restrictions are people in your region, in Canada, currently having to observe as part of its response to, uh, to COVID-19 and the coronavirus? Well, I'm um, most um, saddened to report that all of our bars are closed. So uh, that makes being a consultant very difficult. Uh, same, too, with the restaurants. Takeout is possible, but it's just not the same. Um, similarly, there's social distancing that, that the government's asked us to implement, you know, being a, a good distance from one another. So um, even if I brought in lunch for clients, uh, you know, we'd have to keep 10 feet in between us. It would be awkward to pass the salt. So that's, that's had a really big impact on business. Financial services generally, um, lots of branches are staying open with uh, changed hours. Some people are putting up uh, barriers, plexiglass barriers. Uh, others are Flying masks. It, um, it's really changing the face of financial services. Um, I'm getting a lot more emails from folks that I know in the financial services space talking about Zoom meetings that, that I would never have expected that from before. So certainly uh, an acceleration in the use of technology. How, how do you communicate with you and your team? Yeah, it's, it's been, uh, you know, here's the fortunate thing, right, is that uh, our team works principally from home to begin with. You know, we have an office, uh, but it's mostly a place we congregate together on Wednesdays to hang out make sure that uh, we still know what each other looks like. You know, so, so that, that's turned into a, a Wednesday webinar that, that spans over a couple hours to, to keep in touch with each other. Um, the regular touch points to make sure that uh, everybody's well and uh, has enough bathroom tissue at their homes, you know, and if not, we'll figure out a way to get it to them. You know, so it, it, um, it, it, that's changed the way we communicate a little, but we were, we were there already, um, you know, from the perspective of, um, working from home. And actually what's been funny lately is, uh, is, is part of the outsource business is that a lot of the companies that, that we did small functions for are now coming to us and saying, by the way, you are our business continuity plan. <laughs> so, you know, to, you know, take over some of this uh, capacity and it's, it's second nature to us because we do work from home. So tell me a little bit about that, Matt. Here in the UK, we've had a bit of signaling from the regulator that they expect business as usual through leveraging technology to keep these financial crime activities and practices and prevention measures going. 
So are you getting any messaging from the Ontario government or from the federal government about what's expected of financial institutions? Yeah, you know, um, that's a, a really um, funny story. It was just um, March 19th that FinTrack put out its COVID statement. And, and it essentially said, you know, in more words, uh, suck it up, get the work done. And uh, if you don't, then keep a note of why you didn't and we'll try to be reasonable. So, you know, it, it's business as usual. And in the end with, uh, by the way, suspicious transactions are still a matter of national security. And so uh, if you have to prioritize something, keep prioritizing that. What have you seen or are you seeing in terms of the financial crime industry when we think about potential financial crime risks? I mean, where, where do you see it potentially coming from during this period? That is the problem. I think it's, it's, it's what's driven the messages from these regulators, which is, you know, if, if you say to financial institutions, you get a pass on suspicious transaction reporting, do you have a whole bunch of criminals, you know, rubbing their hands together and thinking this is our time, right? It, it, nobody's, if nobody's watching, then it's a lot easier to get away with what we wanted to get away with. You know, you know um, our Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre has put out a number of messages now on the extent of scams and frauds that are happening because of COVID. Uh, you know, and, and so that's, that's the risk that I see uh, most here is first preying on the vulnerable through frauds that, that pull at those strings of, you know, listen, I'll, if for a donation, I'll give you masks for a, you know, that, that somehow I can, I can send you tests uh, that, that, that will help you. I can, um, you know, any number of these things. And, and, and more than that, I'm worried about the extent to which criminals will use not-for-profits and charities to hide their illicit activities, right? In times like this, uh, it's really easy to move big volumes of, of money under the pretense of, of donations and aid, and I'm, I'm certain it's happening now and will happen more in, in the coming months. Yes, definitely. Being from another jurisdiction, I can definitely see that it is, it is still a global issue, <laughs> definitely. Matt, tell me a little bit about the sort of outsourcing support you've been able to provide. Have you found in this current circumstance that businesses really, really took account in terms of their BCPs about this kind of scenario? No, surprisingly not. Uh, you know, um, uh, in terms of, you know, uh, expected risks, I, I would have thought this would have been near near the top of uh, the list to begin with, right? So like, if it's not um, a biological weapon, it's a biological problem. <laughs> and and so, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people were um, were caught un, un, unprepared um, for a scenario that, that should should be fairly, um, should be well documented. You know, my favorite story about um, risk management and policies and procedures is a is a manager uh, runs into the um, runs into the CEO's office and says, "Oh my God, there's a fire! There's a fire in the warehouse!" And the uh, and the CEO, without missing a beat, says, "Well, what have you done?" He said, I, well, "I don't know what to do. You need to tell me what to do." He said, "Well, what do the policies and procedures say?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a good one. It should, it should be that uh, calm and measured a response uh, without a fire. Um, and uh, that, that's, um, that's what I would have expected in this circumstance. But we've had you know, no shortage of people saying, listen, I mean, there's the, there's the compounded problem, right? So you can say you work from home and you have this work from home strategy as part of your business continuity plan. But then the question becomes, um, what about when you compound that in, in Ontario and in many provinces where they've shut down the schools? So now you have, you know, uh, parents who are looking after their kids who, aren't, who might have the computer at home, but not the ability to, to be able to be at it without being uh, crawled over and um, covered in slime. You have to think both about there is, there is there uh, the ability and then there is the capacity. What bit of advice would you give financial institutions post 
this social distancing and self-isolation. I wrote an article the other day saying you should already be thinking now about what's going to happen when it's over, and particularly around things like transaction monitoring and, and investigations where it's just really hard to do remotely. What would be your top tip for people post this period? Exploit the issue as much as you can as a compliance officer to modernize your operations, right? And don't don't wait until memories fade. Think about how you're you think about how you're ramping up your BCP, and think about how you run your shop generally. And, and uh, great great time to ask for um, more budget to do your job well. I think that's an excellent uh, advice. What's it like working at home these days? <laughs> Let me say this about that. I was most upset when I heard that all the um, uh, internet service providers were relieving their caps so that make people uh, it would make it easier for people to work from home. And the very next thing I saw was a uh, one of my uh, one of the folks on my team sent around a link where people could watch Netflix at the same time, the same program, and chat about it. Uh, what it's what it's like owning a, a compliance consulting business and, and going through this is is the intense worry that people will come back with far more knowledge about Mad Men um, than they do about the regulations. That 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 might be a serious issue, definitely. One of our other podcasts, we had a people person, um, a chief people officer, uh, talking about enhancing your skills while you are, you know, having either you're suffering from a little bit of a downtime, uh, or you you need to cultivate and experience getting more experience and getting more knowledge. She talked about the uh, massive online courses. Is that something you would like to think that your team will be pursuing or? You know, in order to stay atop of current events. Yeah, I, I encourage that in a big way. I mean, um, the first, first, um, you should above all take the ACAM sanctions course. It's exceptionally well written, and the voiceovers are amazing. Uh, there's even mention of um, uh, the Beaver Credit Union in Canada, which I think um, is one of the highlights. But beyond that, there's a ton of great training out there right now that could be taken remotely. Beyond that, which which is you know um, formal AML training. You know, if you think of some some of the other skills, um, you might want to take on uh, Coursera is amazing. A lot of universities have put their courses online and free. Um, do that. You know, do some of the others that that um, you know you always wanted to, to to get to know a little bit more about cryptocurrency. Now is the time uh, because it's certainly in the news a lot based on its volatility and the way Bitcoin is seen as an alternative to gold. It's a fascinating thing to study. But yeah, this is this is that time. The other thing I encourage is is uh, is involvement in these um, you know virtual virtual pubs. You know, I've, I've seen this concept kind of bandied about where. You know, people are getting together by way of Zoom to, to socialize and to exchange ideas, and and that that's a wonderful thing. You know, um, you know, we have to move away from uh, the idea that we're all going to always be able to to gather in um, poorly lit and poorly decorated conference rooms for um, uh, unfortunately flavored wine. And at some point, um, we should take advantage of the fact that we can do this from the comfort of our home um, with good wine. <laughs> oh, Matt, were you were you looking over our shoulders just last Friday? Marie hosted a virtual dinner that went from Brussels to the UK to Sweden, and everyone had their just, much I, better wine because they didn't have to share it. <laughs> if you can think of one positive idea or initiative you'd encourage financial crime professionals to embrace over this next period, in addition to the others you suggested, what would that be? 
take the boredom and you know make some tracks <laughs> i i really um that that's actually the bit about this that i've liked the most is uh the way that it's uh forced me to put more structure on the day um you know it used to be get up make sure i get in in time for meetings and now it's um you know uh, what's a a good morning routine that that i can take on that you know i can do it far more leisurely than i used to because i got all the commuting time back uh, so that's a really good time to think about how you how you structure your days and whether you can you can port that into uh, the way you work when all this calms down. Excellent, well, Matt. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. I've always enjoyed teaching with you in the past, and I appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. And that's it for this edition of Captivated Audience. We'd love to hear from you if you have any suggestions, or even if you'd like to take part. You can get connected with us via LinkedIn. Have a great day and stay safe.